So this just became the intro. Maybe. Don't show too much of the machine. I keep the curtain pulled. What the f*** is going on down there? Welcome to episode 436, December 2nd, 2016, of WTF, FTFW. Uh, I am your host, Vangelis, and I am joined by Aaron. Hi. Hi. How you doing? You, you soaring through the stars? I'm, I'm doing okay. Long work week. It's the standard. It's coming back home to fight giant snowman Borg queens. Yep. There are game. there are assimilated snowmen in Star Trek Online right now. It's a weird game. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also it's a holiday thing in an MMO. They go, I don't know, whatever. I like that. That's where they're putting Q. Like that's a nice that's a nice way to have some recurring Q content. Speaking of someone who, I was gonna say, speaking of someone who's looking from the outside in, I literally played several hours of Star Trek Online. I just don't mm-hmm. remember a lot of. I don't even remember what my race is in the game. All I remember is I, I had a lot of fun doing the thing where right before you blow up another ship in ship-to-ship combat, I would try to fly through the explosion. Okay. That was my thing I had fun doing. Uh, we're also joined by TJ Omega. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the last month of the year. <sighs> Already? Yeah. Uh, I think at this point a lot of people are ready to, to flip that six to a seven. Oh, it yeah. Seems. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of people are quite ready for that. Um, oh, yeah. This year can go away. Well, you know what? It's, it's almost done. Uh, but this podcast, oh, this one ain't done. We got news uh, to start off with. Learning through possibly the worst way we possibly could have learned it, we now know the title of the third part of the Prime Wars trilogy. Uh, started with Combiner Wars, moved on to the Titans Return, and it will end with Power of the Primes. Let's touch on how we learned that. To the point where more people were talking about this article without talking about the bit we learned for a good couple hours on social media. Machinima announces Titans Return and Power of the Primes series. So Machinima is doing two more cartoons. And I don't think anybody was happy. Like, anybody. Stunned was my reaction. Well, the best part of that was... uh, What was the wording? They used some real great wording about about the fandom being highly engaged with Combiner Wars and, you know, touting the view count. And I was like, well, I knew they were going to do that because, you know, a lot of people did view it. It's the nicest thing you could say. Uh, But they were like, the fandom was engaged and enraptured. And then it was like... Yeah, we were enraptured the same way that, like, seeing a a train hit a car. You, You pay attention to that. Well, it was kind of like we we were enraptured, we were enrapturing our hands around its throat as we tightened and tightened and just hoped it would stop. Uh, but yeah, they're making more of those. You know, hopefully they, I was going to say hopefully they put a bit more money into it, but if they did well enough with the first one to want to make two more, I bet you they're not going to put more money into it. Uh Either way, we'll see how those turn out. But Power of the Primes, uh, this this was then followed up with uh, mention of the new fan vote happening in January, and it's to see who the next leader of Cybertron will be. Uh, this is the thing where I got confused. There's a poster with a bunch of characters on it, but then the first round of voting 
was a lot more like a, a character creation where it's like, do you want honor, chaos, or order? Um, on the poster uh, listed was Ultra Magnus, Hound, RC, Shockwave, Megatron, Star Saber, Thunderwing, Unknown Evil, and Optimus Primal. And of course, you know, like if those end up being our choices no matter what, obviously we should all vote for Unknown Evil. That's just the best way to go through life. But uh, this is all going to kick off next month. So there's not too much to say other than, you know, Power of the Primes is the toy line name most probably as well. Uh, if there's still going to be a line-wide gimmick, that does lead one to try to figure out, like, oh, I wonder what the line-wide gimmick is. What's that going to be? I've seen theories, like, maybe it'll be, like, cyber keys, but it will be, like, everyone has a matrix. Uh, so that, that's interesting. Power of the Primes uh, is certainly more of a mouthful um, than the last two series have been. But, uh, Aaron, how do you feel about this development? Uh, I'm... Have... Like I saw it and I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I get it seems early for them to like leak accidentally or intentionally power of the primes. Um, and yeah, what the gimmick will be. I've seen so many different like random ideas, and momentarily I wondered, hey, is this maybe the the way that the lines used to do like the mid season name add on? Oh. I saw I saw one kind of hopeful thing that I held hope with that like the power of the primes is something else to do with headmasters. I don't know what it'd be, but that that this isn't the real name. It's going to be something else. What if we but put the, them in our chests? Right. And not our heads. But then the who's your prime thing, I think kind of that's the thing that I I I wonder if that's just the way that the Machinima series is going to go or like Machinima and IDW Versus, like, because having, like, a universal Matrix gimmick in everything seems silly, and I really have enjoyed the last, you know, the the Combiner Wars for the most part, and everything out of Titan's Return, everything being, having shared gimmicks. Mm -hmm. So, with the idea of who's your prime, power of the primes, it seems like, the line-wide gimmick could drop off and they've done so well so far that I don't want it to just like evaporate away. I think who's your prime is like they say in the in the in the press release blurb that the fan voted prime will be featured in the toy line and in the Prime Wars trilogy storytelling in 2018. So I'm sure this is this is just like the voting thing is just going to be like mm -hmm. to choose like some singular main right. character. But I guess just the way that they're lining everything up to be prime one way or the other it like leads to weird okay everything's gonna have a matrix slot or everything's gonna be something i don't know oh you know it'd be neat what if there's it's, just it's what, it's doom saying before we know anything what if there's just like a matrix and then everyone has a slot for it if you put it in the slot then something pops out yeah then you gotta get like the one character that has the matrix or something dumb or then they'll all have it and then it's a pointless thing or Put a Again, thing in the, I'm put just a thing in the saying. toy. Put a thing in the toy and a cape pops out. That's what I want. <laughs> just all of them have a cape you have to roll up so they yep. can just go... <laughs> Comes out the back when they put a matrix in. Uh, TJ, how do you feel about the power of the primes as the next direction for generations? It's an interesting direction, at least. I mean, it's it doesn't give away any kind of gimmick like a Titan Master does. It's kind of an ambiguous thing, and I kind of like it that way. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if there's going to be a unifying gimmick to the line. I don't know what's, you know, going to be the overall theme. I kind of like that. There's levels of speculation I can have. I can kind of imagine my own little scenarios in my head. That's a little bit more fun than just being told, well, you're getting combiners for the next year. Mm. Because I pretty much know, okay, so Superion, Menasaur, Comptron. Okay, I'm just going to get all that. Well, it's just in time, right? Because, like, Combiner Wars being the first one of those, like, that was new and fresh at the time. And just as people were getting legit sick of it, they're like, all right, everyone's a headmaster. And it's like, well, that's everyone else's you know the grand joe public that's everyone else's favorite g1 gimmick uh this would be a great time to to go like all right now we've done the two gimmicks everyone usually yells about uh we can we can move back on to doing other stuff again um, honestly yeah after two series that have had such strong unifying gimmicks i gen- genuinely wouldn't mind going back to just basics mm-hmm also, or, in, at the, or at the very least, where everyone could either have their own gimmick that's more suited to the character. Well, in your case, you you also mentioned something that could could play into that in either direction, which is I saw on Twitter you said like you know those characters that they're showing there, there's probably a good chance they're at least whiteboarding ideas for toys for all of them. Well, what occurs to me is if you look at Megatron and I was looking at it again, Optimus Primal as well. There's a lot of unique design elements that their previous incarnations haven't had. Megatron's helmet in particular looks fairly different from your usual bucket head. You kind of want them mm-hmm. to zoom those mug shots out. Yeah. Yeah, because it feels like these already have either solid designs or concepts in the work. And some of these names we do know from, like, the rumored list that keeps getting more and more true. Mm-hmm. So it does feel like if they've already presented these nine characters out there, I would assume all nine have toys in the works. And that just means we're voting on who gets promoted. And that certainly would help explain weird things like Hound being on this list. Yeah, like, Hound was the one I was debating with someone else. It's like, that comes out of nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. I could make a case for, I could make a case for pretty much everyone on there, RC included, unknown evil included, because it's it's Deathsaurus. It's pretty yeah, it's pretty much Deathsaurus. Yeah, <laughs> Hound is just, I don't know. Like once upon a time, Hound was going to be the Bumblebee character way back in G one. Like he was going to be the Touchstone friend of the human character that's all i got that's literally all i got otherwise it's like i guess someone just really liked hound and they had a spot and it was the guy at the office who's like listen guys can we i would love to make a new hound and they're like all right you know what jeff we'll put him on the list (laughs) um yeah someone suggested to me that they could almost take a cybertron route where there are multiple leaders or primes and each one has their own little posse that kind of unify that'd be cool too you could even have like one of them be a combiner oriented guy. Well, um, that's part this part of me is going, well, the part of the debate was, well, if Deathsaurus was in there, if you know, that you have this mechanical dragon transform out of nowhere, if he's got like because people are still thinking uh things like Predaking. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like the leftovers from those that would be like the next Titan release. Like, there's room in there to do that if that is actually the theme of the set. Now, I it's just throwing things to the wind, but, you know, like I said, part of the fun of this is I get to speculate. Well, also, like, if we, and I'm going to say right now, if we just ignore Hound, 
which is, I guess, the approach <laughs> so, to a whole lot of speculation on this. About what we've done for 30 years. If we ignore Hound, um, you could very easily pair up Unknown Evil and Optimus Primal as, like, sort of bestial characters, Star Saber and Thunder Wing as, like, multi-layer uh, characters where there's, like, a you know, a little guy inside a suit who goes into a suit who goes into a suit. Um, RC and Shockwave... I can imagine them fighting each other. Same with Ultra Magnus and Megatron. Like there's little, there's sort of pairings oh. in there that don't feel unnatural. Well, well, Shock, Shockwave had a, had I had a problem in G1 with Fembots. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. He was in that one episode. At the same time, though, I can't imagine Star Saber and Death Swords coming out on the same line and not just having them punching each other relentlessly. For sure, and it, you know, it would be great if that is part of the mindset behind both of them being in there. Uh, also, seeing Star Saber got me excited, because even though this list is not entirely IDW um, coherent, what with Shockwave and Thunderwing being in it, mm-hmm. uh, seeing Star Saber and the idea that maybe Star Saber might get a media push in Generations was like, does that mean that someone's also going to finally fill in the many gaps he has in IDW? Please. <laughs> like, why he's doing anything he's doing? Like, uh, 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 well, naturally, that's the that's the one i gravitated to it's like oh my god star saber is getting a u.s toy yeah like, it, that has me so excited but yeah i'm kind of looking forward to that kind of pushing star saber back into the fold in idw and maybe i don't know clarifying or i'm gonna go ahead and say fixing his character yeah like he he's easily one of the weakest parts of season one for just being like a He's a, a bit of a plot element character who got attached to a very prestigious name in a way that I think didn't turn out super well. Uh, and like I always said, I'm super glad he didn't just get killed there, too. Because then we have uh, we have room to wiggle and to, you know, like we're saying, maybe go in and, and fill in some gaps. Um, anything else you guys want to throw in about Power of the Primes? Because we got, we got three... We got three new toys to talk about that are all worth at least a couple minutes. The first ones I, I did kind of set up. The first one is the one I think is there's maybe the least amount to say. Uh, e Hobby has revealed their new uh, exclusive. It is Magna Convoy. Uh, this is I, so this hasn't happened yet, right? This is finally happening that we're getting classics Voyager Optimus in the 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 Diaclone blue. Because isn't this always been the color scheme? Everyone's always said, like, if they would just do this one, they will have done all the colors we ever need. Yeah, I think so, this was the last scheme. Yeah, so so they're doing him. Uh, he also comes with Titan's Return Alpha Trion Sword, which is neat, and Titan's Return Mind Wipes Shield Claw, which is strange. Uh, I actually was really confused by Shield Claw, other than, like, I guess that's a way to give him a shield that works better than, you know, the Bacon 2014 attempt. But uh, couldn't a, he just use his wind vane thing? Well, that's the that's what Bacon twenty fourteen yeah. did. Um, and this you know this thing you can't really hold that well as a shield unless you have a forearm hole, and I don't yeah. think he does. Uh, Aaron, how do you feel about Magna Convoy? This was a very solid, huh? Okay. Um, but yeah, what do we have? Do we have a yellow? I was, I was just thinking that. Do, can we fill the rainbow in now? Yellow, yeah. I think, is the last, like, yeah. Uh, is, is there a green one? Surely uh, Bathing Ape has done something. That's what I kept thinking. Not with classics. They've done it with G1. Not with classics? No, they always, they always go to G1 and Masterpiece. 
Hmm. Let's tell Bathing Ape about Classics Prime. Yeah. <laughs> and then figure out some yellow shining convoy. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, yeah. The, the, you can just Roy G. Biv up your, uh, your display case. Green, green and yellow are definitely missing colors as well, but, you know, dark blue, like on powered convoy, was like the last, like, really main color that I think a lot of folks would have still liked to see. Um, this guy's bio is apparently being, uh, he's, he's part of some, he's a musketeer from some order of blue knights. Uh, he, uh, was a, he's a defunct robot that was created as a combat support bot, but he's been given new life. Uh, wait, what's this? Recapture the Matrix Order's purpose is revenge of the traitors. Torax. Oh, Straxus. Okay, so he's trying to find Straxus. That's like, the, that's the name at the end of the bio. Uh... Yeah, it's, it's neat. Um, TJ, how do you feel about Magna Convoy? It kind of makes sense to me at this point to do it, just because Takara's in their Diaclone retro vibe. They are, yes. They've got like the line really kicking into high gear next year. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's also like, I, I've seen this toy like a dozen times over, and we're just now doing the Diaclone powered homage. Like, mm-hmm. It seems weird to me that it feels like a natural one to do, but like did it really need 10 years like did it really need to be sat on for that long yeah i think it was as i as i have always assumed i think it was always on lists but then something else would always bump it off the list um because i I, i'm i am sure this thing's been bandied about for like at least 10 years as potential convention exclusive um says something when even cloud wouldn't do it yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. Cloud just did Optimus again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's finally happening. Uh, I'm personally not like enormously interested in it, only because like I'm kind of I, I felt complete with the Classics Prime mold a while ago, and like getting the 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 Fire Guts Jinrai one at Bacon 2014, I felt I felt a very specific nothing uh, that made me realize like yeah, I think I have enough of him. Um, but this is, this is certainly good news. Like clearly going through the thread, there are some people saying like, yeah, I've been waiting for this to happen. Um, so I don't, oh, uh, he's going up for pre-order in January, uh, releasing in May. Okay. So he's just, he's part of the May wave that, that makes up all these new picture, uh, releases. Uh, the second of which I'm way more interested to talk about, especially cause I just got the toys a redeco of, uh, masterpiece 37 coming out in May is art fire. So he's going to be a redeco of Masterpiece Inferno. Um, he's got a whole lot of toy sticker tampographing on him, which uh, looks super sharp, and it's a great way to set him apart. Uh, he comes with way less accessories, uh, only coming with uh, the alternate screaming face, uh, his gun, and then a Target Master. The Target Master appears to be brand new. Uh, it's uh, Nightstick. I forgot his name briefly. Um, the bummer about this for me is that he's still listed as like 140 bucks. <laughs> Haven't the repaints ended up being as expensive as the non? Usually, but in the case of Artfire, it appears he's coming with way less accessories. Right. And there's, I find it hard to accept well, saying, the idea like, that the well, Target like, Master is G2B, and for a long time he was the same price as G1B and didn't come with. Uh, Daniel or whatever. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. The power suit thing. 
This is, it's, it's, I mean, so I, I, I got over it pretty fast. The, the only other thing that I'm really hoping is maybe at least his box won't be as big. But looking at, like, that, you know, artfire08.jpg, like, that is a layout that would fit right into his slightly large box. Mm-hmm. Um, all that fetching aside, I think this looks good. Uh, I really want to mess with the Target Master, because it looks like they've pulled off a decent little poseable dude. Um, Aaron, are you are you thinking about art firing on a masterpiece level? No. Oh. Just cut me off. Just cut me yep. short. Um, were you ever an art fire guy? I think I got one of them when it was stupid cheap. And it was like, oh, I can't turn down this deal. That'd be silly. Once upon a time, this guy was a real big deal. Yeah. Well, I think it was, um, oh. It was it like one of the magazine release things or something? Uh, there, yeah, was the in. United one. Yeah. That one, I... I think it was that one. It was one of those where it was um, like a third of the price that it should have been. Yeah. And <laughs> I can't not do that. And the, uh, the, the the thing on this guy I'm just noticing is uh, in picture number two, uh, there's two things. Number one, the photographer is abusing the ab crunch for almost literally no reason. Because he could just rotate the... Oh, no, wait, he's not. Never mind. I thought for a second he was. Uh, I take that back. I'm always ready to to yell at the e-hobby photographers. I don't know why. Uh, the other thing is that in picture number two, the target master is attached directly to his hand. Uh, whereas in picture number one, I believe he's holding the target master. So that's kind of cool. Um, it seems like that's the same stick that the target master is using to attach. Is that just the handle? Oh, maybe it's just the handle. Anyway, it looks like you can attach it to his hand. Uh, you can also plug the target master into the ladder. Uh, TJ, do you do you want a masterpiece art fire? Uh, no. I don't think I do. Mm. I understand it is one of those things where it's like one of the most sought after G1 toys. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's Inferno when they skipped on the paint. It just, it's just never did anything for me just because it just felt like an uninspired redeco of the, of the character I think the the thing that gives hope in this no matter what you feel about Artfire is the existence now of that target master well the target master is cool like that that looks good and I would love to see that used uh, what I like about it is just seeing because Artfire is a really deep cut into G1 mm-hmm because that's such an obscure figure. I remember getting online and just looking over all the stuff we never got. And everyone was all about uh, Stepper. Because that, was the, that mm-hmm. was the big deal one that I remember people talking about. And then it took a while for me to even realize, oh, they did that with another G1 toy. Mm. To even find out what Artfire was in the first place. They were like this odd pairing. Yeah. So part of me feels like... I don't know, they might have, it feels like they would have done it smarter the same way, but it feels like if Artfire does well, that gives more credence to Jazz coming out sooner than later. Maybe, yeah. Uh, by the way, I should throw in, it's 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 becoming clearer to me uh, that perhaps all those stickers are just stickers and not tampographed, uh, both from the front page listing and just seeing on his feet, it looks like you can actually see the border around the edge of some of the labels. Oh, yeah. That's kind of bumming me out. Uh, That's I'm, how deep they're getting into making it look like a sticker. 
or yeah, they just yeah, they just paint the edges on as well on the tampa graphing, make an optical illusion. Uh, okay, I mean, it, just, it looks pretty certain these are actually stickers, which uh, on an official masterpiece toy, I find kind of like a bummer. Um, like I, I like I like what Repro Labels does, but as an add-on, I never really enjoy it as a pack-in thing. And I, I love tampa graphed sticker details, so if that's not happening. Uh, my interest in this actually has dipped considerably. Um, but yeah, the, like, uh, the idea that maybe this is, like, uh, a first step towards them actually getting a Masterpiece Porsche of some kind done, that'd be pretty cool. The existence of the Target Master excites me mostly because Artfire and Stepper had other people's Target Masters. So now that this Target Master exists, that might also be a hint that, like, they're moving forward on, like, a Cyclonus or something. Um, which would be pretty neat, too. Uh... Anyway, Artfire seems like he's not resonating quite as hard as perhaps this final uh, member of the Triptych. Uh, coming out in May as well, in the Transformers Legends line, uh, answering some of the mysteries of the still-not-released uh, Titans Return-esque Super Jinrai, God Bomber is coming out, specifically designed to go with Japan's version of Super Jinrai, Ooh. which is their heavily retooled, differently-than-ours-was Power Master Prime. Uh, so God Bomber straight up has his G1 alt mode of a, a box. Uh, it can attach to the back of the Power Master Prime trailer. It can turn into armor, so you can have a new uh, 21st century God Jinrai, uh, whose wings are set about an inch higher than I would have liked. Um, I believe God Bomber is coming with the little blue headmaster dude, uh, who was, uh, I can't remember his name now, he's in the fire truck. Because um, he seems to be in a lot of the photography. Uh, and God Bomber has a very G1-esque robot mode, and here's the thing that uh, XV pointed out to me. If you look right above God Bomber's knee joints, it looks like those are straight-up Combiner Wars Combiner pegs going into his thighs, like mounting in from the side. So A, he probably parts forms like he always did. B, maybe Combiner Wars pegs are being used to attach uh, the shoes to God Jinrai, and then C, that means you could also get up to some really stupid fan moding of, like, giving people different shoes. Um, which could be fun. I think this looks great. I think this looks, uh, highly imperfect, like, as a standalone toy. Uh, he is very much paying homage to God Bomber in the good ways and the bad ways. Uh, I will be surprised if he could transform, um, without parts forming in some way. But if he can, then that's only a boon, in my opinion. Like, that, that would be great. I just don't want to expect it. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for this dude. I'm, uh, the thing I'm the most angry about is that he's coming out in May. You're showing me this, and I'm gonna have to wait five months, uh, until, until he comes out. That's just not fair. Um, TJ, how are you feeling about Legends God Bomber? This has my attention. <laughs> December's gonna come up a little thin, so this actually decided which pre-orders I was keeping. Yeah, I'm so glad I didn't drop that Super Jinrai pre-order now. <laughs> yeah. Because people are debating whether he's going to be able to attach to American Power Master Prime, and I'm like, don't hold your breath. Well, I, I'll, I'll play a little devil's advocate and say that was one of the names on the list. Yeah, I mean, he may well be able to. I'm just like, you know, have that be a happy surprise, and you're probably going to be a happier person. Yeah, because there are a lot of parts that seem like they depend on the new components yeah. from the remolding. Uh, I love the look of this thing. I mean, it is almost defiantly G1, but at the same time, what else would you do with a God Bomber? 
Yeah, like mm-hmm. I I don't think you I think it would be cool to see a modernized God Bomber as a standalone character, you know, like an Apex or whatever. But mm-hmm. given the theme of the Legends line, it's like, nah, this is this is how you got to do it. You got to you got to give him like his weird looking flap forearms and like he's got finger articulation for some reason. <laughs> well, I I guess when you're just like exist to be an upgrade, you get to have a few extra bonuses to make up for. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, I I've really got the feeling this is something that's not going to be fitting into a deluxe price point. No. Or a Voyager price point. It's something kind of in between and it's probably a good portion of parts formering and this is where I think Japan gets to be a whole lot better off because they don't have to hit a price point. So they can do weird stuff like this and get away with it quite well. Well, he's I think he's the leader He's he's probably the leader price point. Actually, let me, let me double check something. Uh, like I just checked the big bad listing, and he's seventy bucks for the pre order. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna see what their super general super general is ninety five. Okay, so I think yeah. he's yeah he's somewhere between like Voyager Mega Ultra and that weird mush. Right, but I'm saying like we're Hasbro to release something like this, it's going yeah. to fall into a a weird location that just oh, he, isn't. He'd have doesn't to be make a Voyager, sense. right? If, Yeah, uh, I, I I am curious to see if there is an American version happening because I would I would like to see upgrades for both Power Master Primes, but uh, yeah, like this guy is most obviously he's using the forearm uh, connections that I don't think exist on our Power Master Prime, um, and he's probably doing something with those weird like G one Power Master Prime feet that the Japanese ones got going on. Yeah, hold on, uh, I just grabbed my Power Master Prime so I can hold it up to. Images of Super Ginrai. Yeah, the feet. So when you look at the combined, uh, what do we call it? Uh, Legends God Bomber 3 image, you can see the clips that come up and clip into the bottom of Super Ginrai's feet. Yeah. That definitely don't exist on Power Master Optimus Prime. Uh, Doesn't have the same, like, forearm holes that the new forearm armor definitely connects onto and around. And that's, like, two of the three major connection points. Right, and then, like, I don't know, the backpack, we have no idea how the backpack goes on the back, but... And same with the chest plate, there's plenty of texture that it might hit, but it's all different enough that they're entirely separate. Yeah. Uh, and this and this is definitely like a, a very master force oriented piece of fan wank, like right down to like giving him that sword that I remember him having in victory. Uh, I like that it's sheathed under the shoulder cannon. There's something fun about that. <laughs> um, the only thing about him that's bugging me is the fact that the wings seem to be above his shoulders. Um, aesthetically, yeah. I don't like that very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, and given that this is like so much designed to go with this Optimus. I, f- I feel I will be astounded if there's no way for those wings to go down any lower. Like, that that would seem like an incredible oversight when you straight up even have the cockpit for the Headmaster Juniors in the front of the God Bomber chest piece. Like, yeah. like I, I, I can't imagine those wings are stuck up there. I love that there is the cockpit for all three of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that, but it, it so makes me wish they came with the heads for the Headmaster Juniors. Well, I, and I think this guy's coming with the one in the middle up front, the blue one. Yeah. 
But uh, like the one on the left, like that's Jinrai, isn't it? Yeah. Like there's still no hide nor hair of a Minerva. So like, whoa, what what's going on? Or is that going to be a June toy that we're going to find out about next month? Um, because yeah, that cockpit is such a wonderful little addition. Because also it means if you do have all these standalone headmasters, now you got something to do with them. Yeah. You know? And the gun is also a headmasterable or headmasterable like weapon thing because it shows that who would mm. that be? That uh, Cabu? Uh, yeah, it's uh whoever Siren's head was. I think Cab. Who that was? Yeah. I just looked him up the other day. So you know, Cab can write in that and have other. Yeah, I I may have put a pre order down as soon as I saw it, and then also went back and added in Super Genrai. Hey, guess what? It was Cab. You're right. Hey, yeah, um, I remember something. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm waiting to see when the Japanese sites get their pre orders up for God Bomber because that will probably be a better thing for me in the long run, but, like, it's a Legends toy. As long as I get a pre-order in before I'm at, like, the two- or three-month mark, it should be fine. Because, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about this. This is making me also extremely excited about Super Jinrai, because uh, now I really want to inspect that figure and try to figure out, like, all right, how is this thing going to connect to you? Like, is there anything overtly obvious uh, once I see it in person? Um... God Bomber also has a base mode, which appears to use similar, like, on the side ramp things. I wonder if that's going to be compatible with any of the other ramp stuff that seems like a gimmick that was started and then never actually really kicked off in Titan's Return. Like, the base modes having those uh, those MicroMaster base-style ramp connections. Yeah. Like, it seems like there's a bunch of that kicking around on a bunch of toys, but nothing has ever told you to actually use it. Well, they did. They worked it into Blaster and Soundwave, and that's all well and good. And then uh, you get Powermaster Prime, who's a reworked mold. So, good luck. Like they they put it, they put them into the flaps on him, uh, like the side flaps, mm-hmm. um, as a locking mechanism, which is really weird. Yeah. Well, I think the neat thing then will also be if you want to do the base mode with Super Genrai, then you can do it with God Bomber and have him be like annexes on the side now i'm hoping that that's possible because that that would a be really cool and b like the super jinrai power master prime base mode oh man it could use any help it could get Mm -hmm. uh so i I certainly hope that's possible um but yeah it seems like there's excitement across the board on this podcast about this uh i i'm gonna be i'm gonna be satisfied but grumpy if if those wings are stuck up there like that um, I'm sure that if that's the case, someone will figure out the add-on needed to move them. Um, but we'll have more news as it comes out about uh, all these fresh toy drops. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, it's it's kind of nice seeing like these just these kind of ideas happening. That like like I I would not if you told me they were going to do a God Bomber even with the list going around. I was like, I just can't Im- like I still can't imagine stateside that idea coming through the way that this one is coming through um but i certainly would like to see them try uh and I, I wonder what they will call him maybe he'll have a goat alt mode and they can call him goat bomber that's all i got uh do you guys want to do a listener question sure mm-hmm. 
Alright, we got one from Badlander86, who says, Hello, TFW crew. Been a while since my last question, but I've been wondering about the quote-unquote price of progress with regards to the Transformers franchise. Looking at the 30-plus years of Transformers history, do you feel that while toy technology and TF media has progressed by leaps and bounds, that something was lost in the process? Uh, some might argue that by allowing Michael Bay to produce his seminal Transformers movie saga, we as a fandom have already paid for the price of progress, even as we reap its benefits, i.e. movie money equals cool new toys. My question is, what do you feel the Transformers franchise has lost as it continues its evolution to appeal to newer markets? Mind you, some of the things lost may not necessarily be good things, but things that stand out to you individually as fans, be it technology or how the product is marketed or just that sweet G1 scent that I've heard so much about. Okay, I'm making that last one up, I hope. Uh, be safe, stay strong, and keep on trucking. Um, yeah, I mean, there are some real good jokey ones we could throw out there, like, well, Price of Progress cost us stuff like styrofoam packaging. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's actually the only really garbage one I could think of off the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, the, the movie thing, I think, is also the other really easy answer. It's like, what we have lost is the fact that a whole lot of conversations about Transformers nowadays start off with, like, oh, you watch those movies. And then you have to have that moment of, like, no, 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 I just, listen... I, they're fun. Like, how many times have you guys, I, like, we've all said it even, but how many times have you heard those lines that you always yeah. hear where it's like, no, listen, they're, they're fun. You know, they're pretty dumb, fun summer movies. They're pretty stupid. You know, have fun watching them the one time. But listen, let me tell you about these comic books. Uh, yeah, I, I frequently go to it's a popcorn flick. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's the biggest price that Transformers has paid, to be honest, is like, it's it's identity as a major media franchise in the global public eye is enormously tarnished uh, because to a lot of people, the movies are Transformers and anything else mm -hmm. happening is like, oh, they're making that because of those movies. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, but uh, before I, I keep rambling on about that stuff, uh, Aaron, do you have any ideas about like just stuff that you think might have been uh, the price of progress? <sighs> I got a I'm, couple, I, but like the the things that are bouncing in mind, and again, it's the thing that I'm not sure if it's a a price of progress or not. Is um things like vac metal chrome or better maybe applications of paint, but I then I mean I see some things in Titans Return where they do you know stickers as paint decals and say well i don't know if we've lost that or if that's even better than what it was before like if you really like putting stickers on things maybe that's a loss yeah i think the sticker sheet is close to being a loss like it's certainly it's not like stickers are gone the city bots both have sticker sheets mm -hmm. um but you know everyone having a sticker sheet certainly has disappeared uh repro labels and, and other companies like that and ocean like those fill in that gap now if you want them, there are stickers for nearly every modern Transformer coming out. Um, so I don't really know anymore if it's a price of progress. Right. Uh, I was going to say, like, you know, another easy one in case you needed it would be die-cast metal. Because, um, you know, they even tried it again in the in, in the aughts with titanium. and Well, they but they did that entirely wrong. Well, the, the thing about it that I think, regardless of how they did it, the thing that... that would have sunk it either way is that they kept talking about how like titanium toys cost more money to ship because they're heavier mm -hmm. uh, and that factors into their price point and that you know even if they were really good toys they would have been really expensive these decent toys 
that engineering wise didn't seem to have much of a higher budget than like a deluxe um tj have you got any prices of progress well thinking back to things that go into the toys themselves not especially because price of progress seems to be well you you know like i could almost think like well the higher the articulation standards the lower some of the build standards have gotten things Mm. like that honestly where i feel like the the price of progress hurts transformers is there's it feels like there's less of an adventurous spirit to it mm. where the movies made so much money banking on nostalgia banking on the core characters that i feel like some of the stuff we had in the 90s and 2000s where we could try radical different ideas and come up with whole bunches of new characters rather than relying on Optimus, Bumblebee, Starscream, Megatron, etc. I feel like all that kind of went away. Mm. We're starting to get some of that back now where you've got obscure characters coming out for fans and generations and you've got characters in R.I.D. that are radically different than anything that we've had before. It feels more it almost feels more kid appeal than it does actual, like, let's try this. Yeah, I wouldn't, because I was going to say, the rid Decepticons are certainly departures, and I love them, but I wouldn't call them risks. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think that, I think a lot of the really, you know, like you said, adventurous stuff, much of that was also driven by Transformers just, you know, pre-movie, not always having a, a, a guaranteed existence to a mm-hmm. certain degree. And... So, like, with the Rid Decepticons, I feel those are more so coming from the fact that Rid is, is like, a bridging series that kids growing up from Rescue Bots are supposed to be watching, for the most part. So you have slightly more cartoonish and fun, you know, animal-themed villain robots, where, as a result, it turns out, are some of the most imaginative Transformers designs in years. Uh, so, you know, that was, like, a win-win. Um but yeah, like stuff like Galaxy Force, yeah, not even Galaxy Force. I'd say Armada Energon. Galaxy Force almost w- was treading on nostalgia as much as modern stuff does now, um, in in its own unique way. But yeah, like there, there's there's a sense of of I don't even know if complacency is the right word, but we have a pattern. Is is a movie right now? A movie comes out every two years. Mm-hmm. And then a cartoon will fill in the gap. And now as we move into annual movies, maybe that will change slightly, but I don't think it's going to change for the adventurous necessarily. Um, like, basically, if those movies do really well annually, we'll have even more money for even more collector-oriented toys and even less reason to experiment around and do kooky stuff. And yeah. I think I think it's worth saying, like, even in the least experimental of series, there's still every now and then standouts that happen, but I think that the current environment is why those those characters become such standouts like your lockdowns bulkheads and knockouts for instance i i think where you have that now is there is a certain comfort zone that designers and uh, your uh your producers over at hasbro really want to stay into because this is what works right now Mm -hmm. so you get little parts that breach out and every now and then we try something else okay well Let's see if a let's see if boys will buy a pink car now. Let's see if we've gone that far. Okay, that actually worked. Let's try something else. But it all just kind of retains its own little personal safety space. 
or you like know. the risks taken are more in the in the form of like I, I see this as a risk taken in a certain context instead of the risk being oh, we're going to do this kooky new character it's like what if we have Skylinks as a combiner torso because it's that's still treading on nostalgia because it's Skylinks and he still turns into a shuttle but then the risk taken is like and he's a combiner team leader and so it's like it's weird stuff like that where the risks happen now but in in context of uh i feel well, weird calling it a safety cloud but i can't think of a better term well in context of what we had it is it is it doesn't compare because like we went through mm. the 90s where the risk was let's dump every single thing about transformers except the fact that they transform yeah you know we d- when we ditch g2 for beast wars you know and then let's go cyber organic and uh, you know let's okay let's do these japanese toys for a year and then we'll you know we'll dump you know how successful the beast wars was in favor of going back to the original that's risk-taking that being able to and you know and not just like go back to vehicles just for nostalgia's sake but you only have three returning classic characters and everybody else is still brand new yeah and it, it's it, not just like the willingness to throw everything away and try something different, try something new for the sake of keeping the brand fresh. I, th- I think uh, an illustrative thing of that is like that, you know, back in the the Unicron trilogy, when Armada started, it was like, oh, you know, they're going to stick with Optimus Prime and Megatron and Starscream because those are names we know and other names we know will pop up. But that was a very different feel to me than nowadays when it's like, ah, there's the Optimus, there's the Megatron, there's the Bumblebee. Uh back then it was kind of like we're going to take a risk and then our safety net will be we're going to use some names you remember and we're going to put a faceplate on the guy called Optimus Prime and like that was that was about it mm-hmm. aside from like more subtle stuff so it's i think i think that the upside of transformers is often the price paid is never to me like a loss of something that i i wish i could have back um even to a very certain degree just the state of mainline toys now where you know they are designed to to have a lot less mass. Um, I think that that movement it took a couple, a couple of years, but I think that's also resulted in some really good engineering ideas. Like I was going to say, another thing lost is leg sliders because now whenever someone would have a leg slider, they often instead have a Combiner Wars Aerial Bot leg, and that's partly because the Combiner Wars Aerial Bot leg was a really good piece of engineering. Uh, that is warranted to be used in place of sliders all over the place. Tons of third-party toys do the double joint, you know, open and reclose thing instead of a leg slider. Now, um, one of the one of the the really good third-party unofficial Megatrons, uh, Despotron, has a leg slider, and as a result, that's actually one of the points of complaint on the figure because he's got this leg slider on his knee, and if you're messing with him the wrong way and you have a bum copy, you know, his knee might slide into his lower leg a little bit. And it's like, oh, if his legs opened and closed, like, the current standard would be different. So, I don't know. I, I always feel like with Transformers, for every give, there's always, there's always a take. Sometimes it takes a couple years, but uh, partly probably because of the longevity of the Takara Tomy engineering team, I don't feel like we're ever in a position where we just straight up lose stuff and then the product is worse end of line, um, from my perspective at least. Uh, it's a very interesting topic, though, because, you know, it's it's kind of fun thinking about stuff that they don't do anymore or, like, weird ideas that kicked around for a while uh, and then kind of went away. Like, how rare are firing missiles now? Like, they still they yeah. still happen. Mm-hmm. 
but nowhere near as much. And how many of us ever used firing missiles past once? It depends. Do I have a solid wall in front of me that will not cause a significant bounce? Yeah, you know, like that that was essentially it is a cost cutting measure because you no longer have to have a switch, a spring and a missile in the 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 build of a of a toy you just have a static piece of plastic in the shape of a gun but then turns out that's totally fine i think uh and stickers are another one you know everyone having a sticker sheet i think in the long run the stickering process was fun but as years went on guess what the first thing to die on a figure usually was yeah was the stickers mm-hmm. um and you could never order replacement sheets so it's kind of a bummer um Stickers was always the frustrating thing going through vintage stuff because if it was a kid who put the stickers on, they were upside down, they were in the wrong spot, and now the toy looks terrible. And it's like, I don't, I don't, I never like the uncertainty of a sticker. Yeah, I think I think there are even certain forms of like locking mechanisms that have kind of gone away in place of better built tabs or uh, you know interlocks. Like one of the ones I kind of miss actually because when it was done right, it was it was awesome. Is the C clip. Um, not the C-clip weapon system, I miss that too. But, uh, you know, like those C-clips where it's like you'd have a, a jigsaw sort of shaped tab, and then the slot would be a square frame around a sort of pinching thing? Mm. Like, I, I kind of like that as a locking mechanism, and I wish I wish that was still around, even though on a badly made toy like that is something that would break pretty easy. Uh, I don't know, anything else you guys can think of that's kind of gone away? can't think of much else aside from price points yeah i'm trying to think now there there is no there is one which is nowadays we usually get what like four to six waves of transformers a year each with like four deluxes two or three voyagers and one or two leaders yeah and then, mm-hmm. like once upon a time we got maybe 13 transformers a year and it was an event every time someone found a new one uh nowadays that's you know it's kind of different there's the th- yeah, th- th- that's what we lost, is my budget. Yeah. Uh, budget, the quote-unquote thrill of the hunt. Like, you know, people can still toy hunt, but I think toy hunting nowadays is less about finding toys and more about finding them in person and often on sale. Because mm-hmm. even if, you, if, you, if you're fine to pay a retail price, there's almost no reason not to just order them online because most places will ship them to you for free now if you're buying, like, an entire wave. Um... Yeah, just a couple ideas. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, engineering ideas that have gone away, because I know there are a few that that I've noticed, um, but they keep coming back. Like, once upon a time, everyone was having ankle tilts, and ankle tilts went away for a bit, and everyone had a sculpted A stance, but now more toys are trickling out with ankle tilts again. Yeah, I one thing I thought about was, like, some of the oddball subwaves or sub genre like the um like two-part combiners yeah um oh the power masters i'm forgetting their names right now the jets oh uh yeah buster and hydra yeah dread dread wing and dark wing yeah yeah um but some of those times where they would go for just uh like okay half of this thing or half of what we'd consider a wave now is like this other related thing and is called out as related how long has it been 
ignoring the fact that we just talked about one coming out in May, but how long has it been since there's been a figure who turns into power-up armor for another figure? Not like a combiner, but like, you know, like, like kind of like a two, you know, the two-character combiner thing where, like, it's the hero or the villain, and then their, their, their best friend turns into <sighs> more parts. Armada? Or Cybertron? Like it's, it's been a that, while since that, the... That trilogy had that with, like, Prime, and he'd grab a dude and make him an arm or whatever. Yeah, like like the the power up, you know, the super robot style power up combination where it's it's like the hero and then his his best pal mid season combined together and like that's something I kind of miss. Um, but I guess God Jinrai is coming out next year, so yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anything else you guys can think of, or should we uh, should we pop along from this one? Either way, thank you, uh, Badlander, for the question. That was a really good question. Uh, it's very interesting. Um, if we haven't got anything else, then yeah, let's let's go into what, some what we got this week. Uh, TJ, what did you get that you, that's in a box somewhere? <laughs> that's in a box somewhere. I don't even know if it's technically in a box. It might just be in a pile in or a warehouse on somewhere. a shelf with a sticker on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Customer eight four seven two. TJ has paid for things, but he does not have any of them. <laughs> it's all waiting for me to actually hit a ship button yeah I mean, that's what happened with my masterpiece primal I was like I'm going to be away for the middle of the month why would I ship him why don't I just wait um, then I ate a customs charge which made me go like hey you know what maybe I could have snuck under the radar if it wasn't such an expensive box but uh, did you actually so you, you haven't got any new in hand on topic stuff no not in hand it's it's all waiting because guess what? I don't mind that we lost the thrill of the hunt. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I already have a new pile of loot going. Cause like I just, I, there's an upgrade for combiner wars prime called the primo vitalis kit. And it, I found it, it became difficult to find for the price I wanted to pay. It came in at big bad, you know, my pre-order fulfilled. And I'm like, I don't actually need that kit for a while. I just wanted to have it for when I'm finished with combiner wars prime. Uh, so I'm in like no rush to get a hold of it. I just have it sitting there, knowing I own it in that other person's warehouse. Um, Aaron, you got something in hand, like you can hold it in the palm of your yeah, hand, right? Yeah. So uh, you know, the news dropped. Um, what would that have been? Like Wednesday. Um, hey, Titans Return, Titan Masters Wave Three are showing up in Targets, and I get a message from a friend of mine in town. Hey, they've got. A whole bunch of these, you know, Titan Masters here at Target. It was like noon or so, and yeah, I'm not just gonna run up off from work. He says there's plenty of sets there. I'm not gonna worry about it. Get there at four thirty, and uh, all that was left was a single overboard. Overboard, the most exciting Though, part. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the at least the the Titan Master robot, the weapon part. I don't know why, why tapping on the microphone would mean anything because that's the other one um that is the clobber same as clobber and have we is it that's the first repaint of this one in the u.s right yeah it was a crash bash came out then clobber and then yeah yeah so it's kind of the third go round of that body but it's still the same thing ha and it's the uh um the headmaster that's the same as cancer Mm -hmm. for the for the face on the other side okay yeah he's the one where they didn't even make a new face yeah yeah, that 
that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I was really hoping to get like Taro and Fangry uh, were the two that were the very much wanted, and uh, you know Sawback would be all right too. But it was just like, all right, gonna get some things. I have stuff to talk about on the podcast. Woo! And then got I did get something from Wave Three to talk about on the podcast, but the one that literally no one wants to talk about. Yep, poor guy. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm really interested in Sawback because I saw a an interesting fan mode where someone like used him to become a new alt mode head for Weird Wolf to turn Weird Wolf into a lion. And okay, that really interested me because I was like, I that seems like a great way to use a spare Weird Wolf and to give him a topical body. So I, I got to see. Yeah, it's I kind of wish with as many of these headmasters I'm starting to get that there was more like opportunities for just bodies i'm really hoping x2 toys puts out that titan master exosuit that they showed mm-hmm. months ago because stuff like that is, is such a good idea um yeah I, I i haven't gotten any of that wave three stuff so aaron i think you're ahead of both me and tj now as far as coverage Woo. of wave three you've talked about overboard Woo. uh I, I got some transformers this week have you guys i took some pictures of them on twitter I'm very proud of this picture. Uh, I got Masterpiece Inferno and Masterpiece Primal. Uh, Masterpiece Inferno is good. Uh, his, he's a lot like... Oh, here he comes. He's coming right by the window. Don't come, I'm, not, I'm not done playing with you yet, Inferno. Please. Oh, well, there he goes. Um, he's like everything I liked about Masterpiece Ironhide, except better. This is the best way to describe him. Oh, he's coming back. He's coming back. Oh, no, there he goes. It's all right. I'll transform him later. It's fine. He'll come back. He'll come back, right? Like, he knows. It's like a dog. He knows the way home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, where Masterpiece Inferno sometimes had, you know, bits of his robot mode ended up kind of hinky. Or, like, some of his accessories seemed a bit much or kind of pointless. Inferno, like, ties all that up. It's, like, it's just into a super tight little package. One of the nicest transformations I've seen on a Masterpiece toy in ages, you know, since Masterpiece Inferno. Or uh, uh, Ironhide. Um, and he's really good uh, his box is large him and Masterpiece Primal actually have the identical size box uh, to each other like their boxes are the exact same dimensions um, so that's weird but uh, I-, I like him quite a bit uh, I still really like Ocular Max Backdraft as well I don't think either toy replaces the other one because they are both doing so many different things it's unbelievable uh like aesthetically they are so far apart that like the idea of comparing them outside of some of their engineering and build quality like seems ludicrous to me um but i will say like masterpiece inferno has a great transformation uh, it seems myself and everybody has a problem where his left forearm flap tends to hang a bit open unless you massage it for a while uh and i i don't understand why you would leave the chromed parts on him he doesn't look like the toy at all he looks like the cartoon in every way, shape, and form, to the point where I'm actually kind of, I'm kind of irritated. So the little, the little cannon that's up next to his head uh, is always chrome. There's no replacement for it. It's pinned in place, and I think that's a massive oversight, given how there are different noz- like wrist nozzles, different stomachs, two different helmets with four different faces, all for the sake of getting more cartoony. And then that thing is still chrome, no matter what happens. It's like, come on. It's like you. It's like you got to the finish line, you went through the tape, and then fell down. So it's like you won, but now your ankle's broken. Uh, 
Yeah, great toy. Um, great accessories. Love that spurt. Uh, and we'll talk more about him when more people on this podcast get him. I forgot, Aaron, are you are you going to go for Inferno or are you just going to spectate? No, I'm not going for Inferno. So it'll that be was... more like when TJ gets him. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I also picked up some unofficial stuff. Um, TJ, you're you're interested in that Lord Scorpion, aren't you? I actually am. Are you I'm, getting I'm, him? <laughs> I'm thinking... Oh, third party police found out. Co- no, no, it's Inferno. It's okay. He's coming by to spurt a little bit. No, I might break that third party embargo on that one. Yeah, I uh so I got that figure and I really like the robot mode. Um the other modes are fine, but I think because he kind of turns into two nothings, it's the same or similar effect to what makes me so less engaged by by their overlord. Um however, Lord Scorpion is way better than Evil Lord in a million different ways. Uh I, I quite like his build quality. His robot, robot mode is really good. Um, the thing to watch out with him is he, on his shoulders and on his ankles. There are some parts where corners of plastic, if you're not careful, may just chew into each other. Like, you know, if you have two right angle corners and they connect and drag past each other in a way they probably shouldn't, um, there is opportunity for that on Lord Scorpion. Uh, I would recommend watching a video uh, to transform his feet, or at least... When you get him, ask me which one to move first. Um, also, his uh, he's got a built-in translucent orange visor in his chest, so you can have that come up and go over his face if you want to have the visor face uh, that the G1 toy had, except in orange. Uh, dude dude is, he's got a ton of character. Um, oh, the other thing I had to do with him, he's got six double-barreled turrets on him. I would highly recommend if you get him unpeg them and then very lightly shave down the diameter of the pegs just ever so like basically just file against the sides of the pegs a little bit not for too long just enough to take a micrometer or two off otherwise it's kind of tight to move those things around um but the the barrels are on on a hinge which is kind of cool so they can point up which is lovely for base mode and uh in the scorpion mode i did get him to stand up on the tips of his eight legs so he can do that cool um now, answer, answer me this. One thing I I had concern with in the robot mode is, in person, how bad is that permanent pelvic thrust? Oh, you don't have to have that on at all. Oh, um, thank God. He's, he, so he actually has an ab joint, which is part of the reason probably why people are posing him with the pelvic thrust. But like yeah. even the official shots are permanent pelvic thrust. Yeah, you don't, you don't need to have him doing that at all. Okay, good. His, his feet are pretty big, and they're on ball socket ankles, so... You know, if you're trying to account for the weight of what's on his back, which isn't all that much, like, you can still have some play without having to thrust the, the groin out super hard. Um, I think that's just an aesthetic choice by the photographer. Uh, and I, I did it once or twice, too, because I, I kind of like doing that. But yeah, it's it's not it's not enforced uh, by any means. Um, okay, I was just seeing so much at that point where I felt like, oh, that just does that. <laughs> that's just what we do in the third-party buyer market, man. We thrust our pelvises. I don't know your world. <laughs> uh, well, when I got him, I, I shipped him from the same seller with uh, two other third-party small-scale headmasters. They're in the middle of this picture. Ignore the ones on the sides for now. But uh, that's Unique Toys, Tom and Jerry from their Palm collection. Uh, it's a tiny chrome dome and a tiny weird wolf. Not super tiny, actually. They're um, about the size of a GoBot, as you can see. Uh, but they're pretty small. Uh, the chrome dome is sort of boring. But that weird wolf has a very cool transformation 
And given his size and scale, I would say that the impressiveness of his engineering is on the same level as Fans Project Quadruple U. Um, everything from the waist down on him turns into the back half of a wolf, but not in the way you might think. Uh, I don't know if you guys can see that his legs are asymmetrical. There's a reason for that. Uh, I don't want to go too deep into it verbally, because that's kind of boring. But he transforms really well. Uh, the only bummer about those toys is that the necks can't swivel. Uh, the, the head goes in, like the little headmaster head is a peg that goes into a square socket. If that square socket was an octagonal socket, I think you could still get a, a degree of motion. Because um, there's a bit of wiggle room and the heads are not perfectly square. So one thing I might try to do if I get brave is maybe dremel the square into an octagon and see if that gives me posability without losing grip. But in photos of those two, TJ, actually, I remember you were talking about um, last time we were on uh, the same series, their Skull Cruncher and Hardhead. Mm -hmm. uh, the photos, whenever those guys are looking to the side, it's because they, they pulled the head out and then stuck it in sideways, basically. Oh. Uh, which you can do. But these figures, like, without modding, just be kind of prepared for extremely limited neck motion. Um, the upside is that the build quality is quite nice. Uh, the articulation is pretty good, aside from the neck. And then this designer has this weird thing I didn't know about, but... So Chrome Dome has two guns, right? And Weird Wolf has one gun. Uh, Weird Wolf has a filled calf, you know, on the back of his leg. And one of his calves is... So one of his calves are filled, but the other, the other yellow boot is hollow. His handgun can peg in to fill in the hollow space inside his leg. Only in robot mode. Uh, Chrome Dome has hollow legs as well, and both of his guns can peg in there to fill in that space. Chrome Dome's guns fill in that space so well, I spent about five minutes thinking that my seller had sold me one who didn't come with his guns. Because so I was like, where the hell are his guns? What are the <laughs> I thought that they were red detailing on the back of his legs. So this designer just has this eccentricity that I kind of like, where he's like, I want the guns in robot mode to be able to store inside the hollow spaces of their legs. And I'm like, that's such a weirdly specific thing, I really like it. Uh, so on Chrome Dome, you see those two, like, beige dots on the front of his shins? Yeah. Uh, those are the bottoms of his gun handles, basically. Okay. So that's where the peg hole is. Um, but they, they're, I, 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 I like them. For the faults they have, primarily with the, the neck rotation not being there, I still was very satisfied with Weird Wolf, especially. Uh, Chrome Dome is sort of more like a partner piece to him. But, uh, that is my on-topic what I got this week. Um, moving into the off-topic world, uh... TJ, do you have anything uh, in a box somewhere that is not <laughs> yet in your possession? Um, I do. All right. There is off-topic stuff in imaginary boxes in real-world warehouses, which I guess are just big boxes. Yeah, giant boxes with doors and people living in them. Mm -hmm. well, living. Actually, who lives in a warehouse? Uh, I know a few people. Okay, okay. Uh, do <laughs> Don't you, judge them. They're good people. Do you have anything off topic that is with you right now? Uh, not a whole lot. I was mostly preparing for the storm that is December. Mm. Um, aside from a few PVC Cthuloid creatures on my desk now. Oh, yeah, that came out. Well, not fully yet. But yeah, that that's that's going to be in mass release with the biomass monster. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's hitting full full release next month, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Which, to, in production now, it's just getting released when he, when uh, they ship in. 
I got a quick question. Was, is, is he just doing the made-to-order to the pre-orders, or is he doing kind of a run just roughly based on the pre-orders? Um, I don't think it's said. Okay. Um, I'm presuming he has an order run in mind and took the pre-orders to help fund it. That's what I figure, yeah, because at the time I wasn't able to afford a pre-order, uh, and I also found out about them about a day before they closed. So I was like, well, hopefully he'll have a couple kicking around when they actually come in. So I'd like to get a PVC version because the, the the resin one was very interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's going to be around. Okay. Like, this is, like, I'll, I'll, I'll say it right now. For, like, as far as Glios goes, that's as much fun as I've had goofing around with one. Yeah. Because for those who don't know, it's pretty much just a solid plastic ball with a whole bunch of really cool parts for doing whatever you want with yeah, like tentacles, wings, teeth, claws, mm-hmm. all kind of pegged into a... It's kind of the shape of an octopus head. Uh, like, you know, there's a Cthuloid yeah. thing going on. Yeah, it's almost like 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 for Transformer people listening to this, Demonic Quintesson. Yeah, yeah, Demonic Quintesson. Uh, and then there are all kinds of toy lines with pieces that you can mix and match them with, and it's like, build your own mutation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I can get a hold of, like, at least this, I forgot the name of it, but, like, the, you know, the standard colorway. Oh, uh, the, I think the basic one is Type Zero? Yeah, uh, no, no, not, because Type Zero was, like, the advanced copy one, right, like, the gray one? Uh, no, 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 um, no, no, uh, that was the Decon exclusive. Oh, I'm, no, I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I'm thinking of RoboForce, because RoboForce had Max Zero, who was the real, like, you know, the solid gray with black paint apps thing. Man, Glios, there's a lot of it now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm I'm hoping to get a hold of one of those. Yeah. Um, beyond that, the only thing I've really gotten in the last couple of weeks is I picked up Pokemon Moon. I uh, I know a lot of people have picked up that game. They they seem seem to be enjoying it. Uh, yo, who wrote the Pokedex? <laughs> I don't. It's demented i like, really more like so, it but mm-hmm. like, like I'm more so than playing. usual yeah i'm not even playing the game and i'm really enjoying the pokedex like there's the pokedex always has a few entries in there that's like super creepy because people forget that this game is like well what if these were in like real life and what would they be actually doing if they were real animals <laughs> in a world people <laughs> Yeah, you know, they they go with the anime where it's like all Pokemon are cute and friendly and nice to humans. It's like no, because this it's like real animals, so some of them are very dangerous, you know. And then the, the, it's not even just the ones where it's like this one abducts children in the night, or if this balloon Pokemon pops, its soul leaks out screaming. Or what's the one Mankey or whatever the angry little monkey thing? Uh-huh. Where it's like, they are so angry. Sometimes they become so angry, they die. And when they <laughs> die, they have a look of contentment on their face. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of twisted ones like that where it's like, like half of any fire Pokemon is like, if this particular flame goes out, they die. Yeah. Or like, what's the one where it's like, this is the soul of a human. This was once the soul of a human. It wants a companion. Therefore, it wants to kill humans. So it may find another companion. <laughs> My favorite one right now is uh, on Golbat, where it's this, this Pokemon can drink so much blood 
that it will be unable to fly and becomes a feast for other Pokemon. Well, what about yeah. the... There's a god! There's a crab one where half its bio is just, like, delicious with butter. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's... Lo- the game sees them as just animals in the real world, so yeah. it's like, slowpoke tails are a delicacy. And this is a recurring theme. Not mine, though, right? Like, not the one I caught who I like, who's my pet, who who fights other monsters for me. That one tastes good, too. That one tastes the best when you gain its trust. (laughs) Gain its trust. Here. Here. Go go, attack tail first. I know it's made of blades. Just trust me. Man. Yeah, it... It gets dark. It gets, it gets strangely dark. The game itself is really, really good, though. I've, I've been hearing it's, like, probably the best one in years. Oh, it is. Like, uh, the big thing people talk about is uh, the old formula changed. So there's no gyms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there is a There is a progression system, but it's more challenge-based. It's not always about go fight this really powerful trainer you know and go beat up these really powerful pokemon they have there's other things to it which keeps it interesting keeps it a little bit fresher as you're playing through it's it's a refreshing feeling um a lot they changed up a lot of weird they made a lot of weird pokemon choices in the game so you're not just finding the same birds and rats you always find and what i love about it the most what a lot of people don't talk about is like story-wise like the writing in this one is way better like this is one i would actually replay to go through the story again oh cool yeah because i mean like you know back when i played my g1 pokemon the story only came up maybe like two or three times in the like you know the time you get locked in the ghost house or whatever well the old school pokemon really didn't have a story because it was still just oh go around beat eight gyms go up to the mountain and beat the champion that yeah. was your story, and then every now and then, uh, Team Rocket would come in, and like we're stealing Pokemon, or Gary would come in and be a dick, you know that kind of thing. Who? <laughs> he means blue. No, no. In my game, <laughs> in my game, his name was Judas. And that's how I always remember him. Judas. They were like, "Name your best friend," and I was like, "Or name your rival." I was like, "Well, my rival would have betrayed me, <laughs> so his name will be <laughs> Judas." I'm creating my own head cannon. No, uh, this one's a, this one's a lot more fun in that aspect, and like they've got a villain team too, so they keep that tradition. It's the best one they've ever done. Are they like actual terrorists this time? <laughs> no, they've done that. Oh, here, here's the thing: the villain team's got like super serious for the last couple games. Oh, okay. Because I was oh, joking. Oh, I- <laughs> No, you're you're kind of on point. You kind of are. Cause like I think the last game X and Y had a villain team that was like that. They're very much take over the world types. And then before that, you had a team that was like Pokemon shouldn't be your slaves. Everyone release. We're stealing your Pokemon so we can release your Pokemon. Mm. And it was weird because it was not untrue. Yeah, how's there's it a, a weird ideology going on here. How's it a villain thing? That'd be like, can, like, I would want my character to have the choice to join their cause. <laughs> You're not the first I've heard say that. Oh, wow. Okay. Because <laughs> if I'm fighting against a group telling me 
to stop stuffing animals into balls and making them fight each other, I don't feel like I could be a protagonist, <laughs> or at least not a heroic one, fighting against a group like that. It turns out they are trying to take over the world, but you know, to that point, it's just, it's like, wow. Um, I I hope they drop a hint early on, otherwise, like, I don't even know who my character is. They're just really douchey early on. Oh. You know, if your message was a little bit, a little bit more dialed back, maybe I'd listen. No, but their new, the new team is like delightfully pathetic. They are hysterical. All right. Yeah, I played the demo and that was pretty funny. Yeah they're like that for about half the game they start picking up but they're not like the main villain focus so it's a it lets them stay lighthearted and they get the best music in the game like that's another thing is like the music in this is just amazing nice yeah it's it's what i would call a refreshing pokemon game because i still know i'm playing a pokemon game but it's doing enough different with the formula that it feels it feels like i'm getting a different experience out of it you're not the first person I've heard describe it that way. Like that seems to be, like the the fr- the the word I hear going around a whole lot is refreshing. Or like I didn't play Pokemon for years, but I'm really excited about this one. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited playing this one too. Yeah, it's it, it's what we talked about earlier. It's getting out of your comfort zone. It's you know taking a risk with your franchise, and it's mm-hmm. it's really paid off because it's a really enjoyable game. That's great to hear because like. I'm still not not super interested in like picking it up anytime soon, but like, you know, knowing that there is a Pokemon game in the somewhere out there that's at some point maybe I'd pick up and actually get a kick out of. Uh, I'm happy to hear that because I I like the idea of Pokemon games. I just never liked playing them that much, and everything I hear about this one makes it sound like I would actually have fun playing this one because I'm going to be, you know, challenged. My expectations are not are not going to be met necessarily. It's going to make me dance a whole lot. Uh, maybe. Maybe. It's kind, of hard, it's kind of hard to say. I saw a video on Facebook about dancing. It was pretty funny. Uh, anything else off topic on your end? No, that's, uh, that's really the sum of it. All right. Uh, Aaron, I thought for a second you were going to say, yeah, I got Pokemon as well. Then, you know, went and... I, it is on my short list of things. Um, I do want to get it. However, I'm waiting to see how everybody, I've got a couple people at work that are playing it and I've also heard good reviews from them. So you just want to bust a, bust a a club over their head and take their copy. Yeah, maybe. Um, No, no. (laughs) Yes. Um, but yeah. So was there, Mm. were you asking me what I got? I, I was gonna, but I, I wanted okay. to see how much farther you could dig that hole about, you know, assaulting your co-workers. You can dig it much deeper? I, I could, but All right. not on a recorded medium. Alright. But Aaron, what did you get that's off topic this hey, week? Hey, I, I also went in the game world. Um, I picked up on Black Friday, I got a uh, PS4. Oh, I heard they're making a new one of those. At Best Buy. Well, yeah, that was... So, my moment was... So, we were at Best Buy because my sister-in-law wanted to get a Apple Watch. And they had some deal, and we thought, hey, we'll go check them out. It was an hour or two after they'd opened. Did so Apple like, Watch do something recently to attract attention, or is it just like I always wanted one? Um, She has a Fitbit Charge HR. 
And she had the same issue going on with her uh, charge HR that I had with my charge of like the band was peeling up and Fitbit replaced it once. And then the next time they were like, no, we're not going to replace it. We'll give you a coupon or an Ulta, which is kind of their their medium scale one. And she's like, well, I really like mm-hmm. the the heart rate thing. And because she works uh, as a pharmacist, it's like occasionally she may need to do like heart rate stuff. Um, if she's having to do a consult style thing. So she wanted something that had a, uh, basically the ability for a second hand in there and the charge line wasn't going to do it. You can get to it, but it's super awkward and it's not convenient versus something like an Apple watch would. So she was already in the smartwatch world and was like, Hey, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all Apple because she's got an Apple phone. And so while we were there, I was just kind of wandering around and got into the back and was like, oh, yeah, I think they had a deal on the PS4. And I get back there thinking, ah, I don't know if it's going to be there. They had two pallets of PS4 Slims that both of them were about worked halfway down. And if you bought a PS4 Slim for 250 they threw in like three games. Huh. Or no, it was a. Uh, one packed in and two additional. So, yeah, three games. But um, I was sitting there, like, thinking about it. Like, I don't have a PS4. And you know, it's right now it seems to be the better system. I went with the Xbox One early. And huh, it turns out that they've had their own little world things. And But right next to it, they had the PS4 Pros for, I think it was 400 and I was like, well, maybe get that instead. And I think that maybe came with a con- extra controller or something. They had some other, like, it's here, it's crazy, so why not get this deal? And then I come, I'm standing there just, like, cogitating. Uh, I, I, I've i kept myself between, like, giant bombcast stuff uh, and the like. Been all right in having an idea of what's going on. And... uh the guy walks up and is like, hey, what are you looking for? I was like, well, I can't decide if I want to go for the Pro or the Slim. And then the guy's like, well, the Pro's the newest one and it's a whole lot better. And it's like, well, yeah, except for they're having some games that have issues when they get the Pro patch. And I don't have a 4K receiver, so I'd have to buy a 4K receiver so I can route it to my TV that's a UHD TV, but I'm not sure if it's the right UHD to go with Sony stuff because there's like four different 4k standards that are just slightly different and nobody's really decided on what makes one or not the other so i was thinking about going with the slim because hey that's a whole heck of a lot cheaper and it comes with two extra games it's like oh well sounds like you know more about it than i do maybe we should hire you huh i was like i you're like why well, I, I am looking for work i only happen to work in aeronautics yeah uh, so i was like no i just well i actually have a co-worker at work that also works at best buy very little bit because it means he keeps a discount hmm. but uh i was like yeah i'm i think i'm just gonna go for the slim what was he gonna tell you if you didn't I, know what, what was his pitch gonna be hey <laughs> upsell this one's more expensive so it must be better Man, um, like that's back in the day, we had a Sony store at the Eden Center in Victoria. Mm-hmm. My mom and I, my mom more so than me, I did it more mostly because she really enjoyed it when, when that store was there. The Sony store would hire people. It's a tech store, right? Right. But they would hire people based on how they look in a suit because that was right. the Sony store aesthetic. My mom took delight 
in walking in there, putting on the show of like, oh, I'm a middle-aged lady who doesn't understand technology, and then proceeding to hear them say stupid stuff and tell them, oh, no, that's incorrect. In the work I do, I know that this, this, and this. So it was kind of this thing we do where we go to the Sony store and then, like, eventually they didn't like us going there all that much. And they stopped talking to us. Just walk in like, no, not you. Because, <laughs> like, man, they did not know anything. Yeah. And the way they would try to upsell stuff sometimes, at least once, I think I, I actually, I don't know if it's the right term, I, I kind of broke character and laughed once. <laughs> Because they said something, I can't remember what it was, it was about like a, a laptop or a camera or something, and they said something that was one of the most ridiculous things I ever heard, and I actually went like, <laughs> and then the guy looked at me with this like, oh no, kind of face, and I was like, no, I'm not gonna, no, I'm not gonna say it, listen, I know you don't know nothing about what you're talking about, but I don't care, I'll, I'll be on my way. <laughs> that's, that's corpsing. Yeah, see, I, I corpsed in the Sony store. I couldn't, I couldn't maintain character. Uh... But uh, yeah, Aaron, I guess you went, you went for the cheap one, huh? But yeah, I, I the more costs uh, effective, cost conscious the, one. Hey, but it's not as good. It's less expensive. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Uh, came with uh, the Last of Us remastered, the uh, Ratchet and Clank game, and um, Uncharted, the Uncharted Four mm-hmm. game. Um, so I finally, finally, after uh, Kevin Sigmund has donated multiple times for me to play The Last of Us, I finally, you know, finished The Last of Us. Um, and it's a very good game. Uh, kicks you in the teeth a few times. So I've heard. Quite a few times, like, hey, they might just be, oh, no. That, ooh. Um, and Alfie was very excited. Uh, because then we could talk stuff about it, and then she could apologize some more for accidentally, with finger <laughs> quotes, deleting my saves before. Um, but yeah, it's it's been good so far. Um, I've got a pre-order down for, or a pre-order. I ordered uh, Final Fantasy fifteen, but since I did it in the first week with Amazon, I still get the pre-order stuff out of Amazon, and it's cheaper hey. or something, so it'll be here uh was going to be like oddly for an Amazon shipment there was like a 3 day window that it could be in uh which I think comes from me ordering it kind of late but still finger quotes pre-ordered but not but whatever um so yeah that's it I think for me for off topic stuff was just that and getting through the last of us all right well, I got I got a couple little off topic things um I ordered, so I got, I got tired of getting toys that need AG1 batteries or LR44s and not having any, and then, like, or having expired ones, so I just went on Amazon CA, and for, like, under 10 bucks a sheet, I ordered a sheet of LR44s and a sheet of AG1s, like 50 of each, <laughs> and then to make it free shipping, uh, it was on Black Friday or Cyber Monday, it was on sales week in November that everyone calls many different things, um... This was marked down to 17 Canadian dollars, which is, I think, about 12 American dollars. I always wanted to pick one of these up. There's a billion colors of them, so I got one of the Sentinel Mechatrobigo figures. Oh. Uh, it's 135 scale. It's got uh, some die casts. It's, it's decently posable. The idea is it's a it's a consumer mech that children would ride around in. Like, instead of getting a bicycle, they would get a Mechatrobigo. And uh, the thing I didn't know about this line this whole time is part of the gimmick is all the colored armor plates can come off. So 
if you buy a whole bunch of Mechatrowigos, you can swap the colors around and make custom ones. So oh. that's, that's kind of cool. So, like, you know, all the leg armor, all the arm armor, the front plate comes off, and then, like, those two belly plates can each come off individually if you want. Um, you can take the head off, and the head also rotates back. Um, on the back, where it looks kind of like a car, you can take the engine cover off and look at the engine. It's kind of kind of neat. And for 17 Canadian, sure. Um, usually they run like 30 American, 40 Canadian. Yeah, uh, the current price is 30 Canadian. Yeah, and, and that's generally how much they tend to cost all over the place. And it like it, it's the build quality is you know fine. The the paint quality is fine. Like it's not like that's a ripoff. But when they get as low as like 17 Canadian, that, you know, and free shipping, it's like I'll try one out. I'd like to get at least one more so I can swap some colors around. If I tried to get that from Amazon.com, it's either 65 or 85. Don't pay that for a 135 no. scale. Make sure we go. No, I, I just thought I'd I'd change that CA to a OM and went good. I live in Freedom Land. It's gonna go great. Oh no! <laughs> How much is this in my money? <laughs> Way too much. I wish that was the exchange rate. That like 17 Canadian or 30 Canadian was like 60 American. That'd be cool. Um. I also sliced open a mint on card GoBot that I got off eBay. Uh, I got Pumper, and I got him for a good deal because the card was banged up. And Pumper is one of the few GoBots that comes with a handgun. The handgun's about the size of a breadcrumb, so it's pretty hard to find a loose Pumper who still has his handgun. Uh, as you can see in the picture, the handgun actually can attach to his ladder, mm -hmm. um, so I'm just leaving it there. And as you can probably see a little bit in the picture underneath his front wheel, he's supposed to hold the ladder as a gun. Uh, he can't. You can balance the ladder on his arm somewhat, but okay. the peg he's supposed to hold on to doesn't fit in his fist hole. His fist hole is too big, and he's got a panel in the way of most of his fists, so it goes in crooked. It doesn't work at all. Uh, turns out, Pumper actually sucks. He's, he's, <laughs> he's not a good, not a good GoBot. Uh, I mean, I, I, I like his vehicle mode. It's cute. It's small. Um, I'm glad I didn't pay a whole bunch of money for him, and I have a, you know, a, a complete one. Um, I brushed a bit of floor polish on the chrome on the sides of his rear end, try to protect that back metal a little bit. Um, so I'm glad I got him, you know, add him to the set. He doesn't take up much room. But uh, yeah, Pumper is not essential at all. Uh, he's from the original, like, I forgot if it was like six or 12 figures from the original Popanika Machine Robo line before Bandai bought them. Uh, so he's like dead simple. It's just like pull legs out, pull arms out, pull head up. And then like the ladder is just sandwiched between his feet in vehicle mode. Uh, Pumper, Pumper kind of sucks. Uh, you know who doesn't suck, though? See, these two beauties that I got. Um, this is Manowar and Snoop, uh, if you're going to use their GoBot names. Uh, my Manowar, since he has, like, red feet, um, he's the European version, which uh, I think looks better. Um, Snoop, the SR-71, is one of them rare GoBots. And uh, I, got, I got the Japanese version, uh, who's got a box and everything. Um... And I really like these two. Uh, Snoop is brought on slightly because I also got the new Action Toys version of Blackbird Robo, who is mm -hmm. now my favorite in the line. Um, so now I've got the Snoop core. Uh, but the original Snoop is a real good GoBot. Like, it, the shape that that figure turns into after being a really decent-looking SR-71 is, is quite impressive. Um, like, the legs just suck right up into the torso uh, with a double hinge. Okay. And it's a, it's it's a really nice little pair of toys. It's a pair of SR-71s. I think they're the best-looking transforming SR-71s that have ever been made. Uh, Revenge of the Fallen Jetfire has some problems. That TFC Toys one has some problems, and it's a white SR-71, which just doesn't feel right to me. 
Yeah. Um, but after Aaron's spiel, like I, I'm really glad that I now have you know both versions of Blackbird Robo. So is the Action Toys Blackbird Robo a good purchase? I think it is. Okay. Uh, it's it's it's. I think it's arguable whether or not it's the best figure in the line. I'm sure for some people it isn't absolutely, but for me it is. Uh, it's at least on par with Battle Robo, the tank. Um, but like I gushed about this with Seth last week. Uh, Action Toys Blackbird, it has basically a GoBot style transformation that's just enhanced by a couple extra panels and some better geometry. So it transforms super fast, still turns from a good looking robot into a really decent looking SR-71, all things considered. And uh, all the black has got this like matte finish that looks super slick. Um, I've shown it to Ian Reed the other day. He said between the two, the the classic one and, and the new Action Toys one, the only reason the classic one looks slightly better is because the Action Toys one has a few uh, visible screws on the top of the Blackbird mode. Um, that's okay. about it, though. Like, I would highly recommend that Blackbird. Especially, Aaron, if you already like the SR-71. I do. Like, this is the best Transformer of an SR-71 you can get. So, if you like Transforming Robots and you like SR-71s, Action Toys Blackbird Robo is kind of, I would call, essential. Um, and I think it's like 45, 46 bucks if you go online. So it's not, okay. not too big a bite. Um, the last thing I got off topic to talk about, uh, was a review copy of something that's gone to a couple other reviewers as well. This is a new 3A robot coming out, uh, the retail version of it at least. This is a, uh, from the Evenfall line. This is a, uh, Totem Thug Suit Pugilo, which I believe is based on Pugilist, which I believe is because he has giant hands. Uh, it's supposed to be like a mechanical robot suit thing. It was originally going to be piloted, but as far as I understand now from the like paragraph of fiction for the whole thing, this group called Totem uses these thug suit robots as the first line of defense against like cosmic horrors. So like Cthulhu things and space vampires, the first thing those things meet are these giant robots that want to punch them. Um, so this is the alpha contact version. There are three different colors coming out at retail and this is the one that's like the cleanest and shiniest because it's like silver and it looks really cool uh take some ag1 batteries to have the four eyes light up uh the posability is really nice it's like 16 inches tall because uh, it's one six scale uh holds a lot of poses quite well because it's surprisingly light for its size uh really the only thing about it that i find really uh, to be a bummer is that neither i, I say neither Neither of the masses that have two eyes on them can look left or right. You have to swivel the entire upper body. And I was really hoping at least that top part that looks like a head could turn left and right, but it can't. And that's like a limitation I find I run into when I'm trying to pose the dude. Certainly, though, like, I have found a gajillion poses I'm really happy with on this figure, regardless of the head turning. So it's uh, it's, it's more so just I wanted to find something about it that I didn't really like, and that's one of the main things I could find. Um, the, the articulation design's great. Uh, lots of ratchets in the hips and knees and elbows. Uh, double barbell ball shoulders, but with, like, new cuts so that you can still have, like, a full, like, 90-degree outward swing. Um, okay. I'm very impressed with the figure. It poses and plays, uh, better than any of the World War Robot stuff I've gotten, and it sort of bums me out that, like, I, I mess with this figure and I'm like, I would I sure would like it if you guys could go back and do some of those World War Robot designs I like, but with, you know, these ratcheted joints and these better cut ball socket joints and uh, it, would, it would be cool, but it seems World War Robot's really on a back burner right now. So I, I, I don't think I would have like picked up this figure uh, of my own volition without knowing more about it because it is like, I guess like 310 bucks. 
because it's it's fairly massive. But uh, this shiny silver one is, is easily like of all the ones coming out, it's it's probably the one that I think looks the coolest. Uh, and I was very pleasantly surprised by the build quality and the playability. Um, same thing that happened with those Transformers movie robots they're doing. Like, it's something that's huge and expensive. I'm expecting it to be very fragile or at least uh, unconventional to try to mess with. But it is another example of continuing efforts within 3A to have, like, more playability in their toys. And I'm, I'm super happy to see that. Um... Oh, I also took a photo of him with fighting Jesus Christ that I'm very proud of. I want to send you guys a link to it. I just, I like the way this photo <laughs> turned out. I shared it on my own personal Facebook page, too. I was just like, I like this one. Uh, and it's it's also... It, it actually doesn't get across the scale very well, but, um, you know, they are both 1-6 scale figures. The thug suit is bigger than a person. So it takes up a lot of space. It's like Jesus returned to Earth during a dystopian future. That's sort of the story of fighting JC in his own fiction. He's from another 3A line where he's like part of an adventure team and he came back to Earth because there's been a zombie apocalypse. So he fights zombies with karate and martial arts. It's uh, one way to do it. He's, that's, that's actually the first 3A figure I ever got was fighting JC. True story. Uh, but that's all for what I got this week. I think there's some other things I could poke at, but they're not... I think as interesting to talk about. I got I got the Japanese version. Speaking of troubles of stupid problems and stupid things I'm doing, I also got Japanese Chrome Dome Highbrow and Mindwipe from Transformers Legends. Uh, all those headmasters look really good, man. Like Chrome Dome's headmaster, but with paint on the headmaster mode. Mm-hmm. Feels really really good. Um, their comics are also just like Chrome Dome's comic appears to be he's a he's a salary man working for for the Decepticon company and in his he has a pet drill tank and in his spare time he draws doujinshi of a robot girl who has drills for pigtails um highbrows i actually can't tell what's happening there's some human woman that's the same size as his headmaster whose clothes get kept keep getting ripped off of her by by weird wolf this is all i could really piece together and highbrows very smart and then Mind Wipes is like little Mind Wipe Headmaster is wearing a cape doing some ritual. And then he summons Devil Zed, like the floating orb version of Devil Zed. Uh, and then Devil Zed like gives him his Headmaster body and he's like, all right, I'm going to be the Prince of Darkness. Then Devil Zed knocks his head off the body and puts him into the T-Rex uh, vehicle thing. as like because that thing's called uh, what's it called? Uh, servant is the name of that thing. So he's like, you're going to be my servant. And then Devil Zed, the floating glowy orb, just sits in place of a head on Mind Wipes body. Uh, and that was interesting but there's nothing too notable about them off the top of my head I can really bring up except like Highbrow's head fits a little bit better than it does on the American one there's still a bit of jiggle but it's not quite as bad I was was hoping it would be a lot more solid but it isn't really Um, and that's that's about it so thank you all for listening I think that's a podcast uh, next week, um, not sure precisely when I'm recording, but it's uh, I'm gonna, between this podcast and the next podcast, I'm going to be taking a quick sojourn to the West Coast for some work stuff. So uh, that will not affect any podcast things, as far as I what can tell. What part of West Coast? Like West Coast Canada, West Coast U.S. You know, the West, West Coast, Coast of Europe. The West, the West Coast. You know, the coast that's on the west side. Uh, there's a lot of wests. Just you're, saying. You're a lot of Wests. I am. I'm talking about West Coast Canada. Okay. 
You know, the country I live in. That's that's, that's all. That's okay. Uh, all right. But I'm gonna I'm gonna check out Ages Three and Up's new uh, storefront, and cool. I'm kind of excited to see that because they now have like a dedicated storefront after getting screwed out of their long running storefront they had in a mall. Uh, the best thing happened, which is they bounced back by getting a much larger like personal building that's like across the street from the mall. <laughs> so I think things went all right for them. But I want to see that in person, so I'm going to check that out on uh, Tuesday. But, uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, we'll be back with some more podcasting. Check out our supplementals. Um, before this episode goes up, there will be... Uh, you guys don't know this, obviously. This is news for you. Supplemental 50, I believe, is going to be... Uh, a, you know you know that time Seth and me talked a whole lot of mess on Popeyes? Mm-hmm. And, and people... That was most of the thread was Popeyes. People saying Popeyes mm-hmm. is good. Um... Supplemental 50 is about Popeyes. Supplemental 51 uh, is a quick interview, well, quick for me, interview with uh, Paul from Ripped Apparel, uh, where we talk a whole lot about screen printing. So if you skip those, you're a bad person. Go listen to them. Um, Otherwise, we'll talk to you guys later. So uh, see you and stay safe. It means, but you got some badass perpetrators that are here to stay.